Welcome to the Learn, Liken, and Lift podcast. I'm your coach, Carrie Hickenlooper. Let's get started. younger years, I didn't mind so much having my picture taken. I wasn't necessarily eagerly volunteering, (laughs) but I wasn't running away from it either. I was just fine with it. Made me a little bit confident. Uh, I don't don't know. I, I just wasn't running from it. Let's say that. But 17 years ago, that all changed for me. And it was during the delivery of my firstborn son, while the anesthesiologist was literally pushing on my stomach while I was pushing And my doctor said, Carrie, you have got to push. Those, you guys, that, those might, those were fighting words to me. He might as well have been calling me chicken because something that I love about myself is I'm a hard worker. I'm not a phone it in girl. I'm an all in or go home kind of girl. And basically this doctor, he was challenging my work ethic and, or at least that's, that's how I took it. And luckily, the anesthesiologist, he backed me up. He said, oh, no, she is pushing. I'm pushing on her stomach and I can feel her pushing. So thank you, anesthesiologist doctor, not only for your meds, that was really helpful, but for backing me up, for sticking up for me. And the doctor said, okay, let's let's try again. And I did. But this time it was out of spite. I'm not going to lie. I really wanted to prove him wrong. And during that next push, I felt a snap in behind the lobe of my left ear. And it didn't hurt, but the sensation was remarkable enough. It just it left an impression on me. I remember thinking, I am going to have a really bad headache tomorrow. But I don't care because I'm going to have a baby in my arms tomorrow. And I just wanted to get this done. <laughs> okay, so well, long story short, my baby was stuck and we ended up doing an emergency C-section and he was finally delivered. And the next evening, what was delivered to me was a droop in the entire left side of my face. My my eye couldn't close on its own. The side of my mouth and my eyebrows all lacked complete function. It was diagnosed as Bell's palsy and it really just looked like my face had melted. And according to the neurologist, I was the lucky, probably 10% who would not receive a full function right away, or if ever. And is this the worst thing that could happen? No, it's not. But it did have an impact on me. It had an impact on this internal dialogue that was working within me. It literally affected my nature, the thoughts that I was having. And I didn't sit and wallow. That's not my style. Within a couple of weeks, I was back to conducting singing time in primary because I'm very duty bound. (laughs) Um, Can you imagine what that must have looked like for those primary kids? But they were so sweet. Not one of them said a thing about it. And I cared for my infant, despite the vertigo and the eye patch that I had to wear to protect my eye. And and I even returned back to work uh, just for a short little time before I ended up quitting and becoming a full-time mom to my boy. And, And during all this time, I just kept a stiff upper lip. But the messages that were swirling in my mind, they were brutal. 
and I seemed to notice every beautiful smile. And I noticed how carefree people were with their expressions. And I would think to myself, I used to be that way. But now I'm trying to stifle my presence and I'm trying to minimize my natural animation that I have. And later, I would gain back some function. I can close my eye now. I have some movement in my cheek area, which then helps my mouth make a, a, a crooked smile. It makes it move a little bit. But my eye still waters and my eyebrow, it doesn't move much, which means I can very easily do the whole one eyebrow lift, <laughs> which is probably the best thing that's come out of all of, you know, all of this. I mean, besides the baby, of course. <laughs> but over the years, the feeling to hide wouldn't go away. And I hated pictures of me. And so this change in my personality actually started to happen. I was showing up kind of this stifled version of me. Instead of smiling big, it was just kind of a slight closed mouth smile, very uh, repressed for my nature. And there was this shame there. There was this desire to hide. There was this contempt for my appearance. And there was this comparing of myself with others who just seemed to shine in pictures while I dimmed. Isn't that sad, the way I describe this? <laughs> Are you sad for me? <laughs> it, it was sad. <laughs> I'd think all these things whenever I was with my beautiful sister-in-laws, and I'd think it every time that I had to give a talk in front of people. And I hated eating in front of people because not only would my eye water, but then I would kind of cough too because it just, I don't know, it just kind of affected several different things were happening there. It just became this insecurity that I was always aware of. And people would say nice things like, I barely notice it. But strangers were way more honest and sometimes even felt bold enough to even ask me about it. So again, even though this wasn't even close to the worst thing that could happen to me physically, emotionally and mentally, it was taking its toll because of the thoughts that were swirling around inside my brain about it. So even though I had pushed forward and I was showing up and I was trying to do me, even though it wasn't really the full me, and even though I was holding back a little, it just, it just all, it just all felt diminishing. Meanwhile, for several years, I kept feeling this constant nudging to study scripture and then to draw great attention to the principles that were taught in them. And then to somehow even teach women how to apply these principles in their everyday life. The studying I was all for, but as I observed the scene of what was happening, what was emerging during those years, and all the various ways that one would go about putting themselves out there, it all involved a camera. So a few years ago, I actually attended the Jody Moore Be Bold Masters Week, and that's where I learned my coaching skills and, and her coaching tools, That and I just experienced a lot of coaching happening there, and it was on the last day, and I'd actually hung back quite a bit, just kind of waiting for my brave moment to be coached. So during the last possible moment I could, I raised my hand to be coached on this, and I told Jody. I feel I've been called to do a work. It's been nagging on me for years. But when I think of putting my face on a website or speaking in front of people, I'm afraid. My face would represent my business and it doesn't work right now for me. It tightens up and it pulls down. My eye waters and when I smile or speak, my left side, it's not matching my right side and it doesn't represent who I really am. 
And she asked me what my thoughts were when I was about to have my picture taken. And I told her some of them. And we even discussed how it might be those thoughts that are actually showing up in the picture that I'm despising. And that made sense. But we talked about how it was a really big jump for me to go all the way from where I'm at to, I love my face. Let's take a picture. (laughs) So we settled on the thought, here I am. Now, things for me, it didn't change overnight, but they definitely, they aren't the same as they used to be either. I've made quite a bit of progress in this. It first began with me doing like Marco Polo's, you know, those videos between friends and watching me speak and getting used to that. And then I actually posted a few Facebook videos and and then on Instagram too of me speaking and just being okay with it, just accepting it. And there have been times when a picture is about to be taken of me that I've just decided to throw caution to the wind and to just smile, to not spend the time trying to minimize my smile or concentrate is, are the corners of my mouth going up a little bit? Are my eyebrows going to be even? Instead, I just smile. And I think to myself, here I am. And the pictures look horrible. (laughs) But I showed up. And what is gone from me practicing the thought, here I am, is the horrible self-loathing that I used to have along with a bad picture. (laughs) Recently, oh gosh, I don't know. I would say maybe the last six months or more, I've been practicing laughing without inhibition too. I used to worry about the awkwardness of it all. Can you hear all of this? All this me, 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 first of all. And then also this, just this preoccupation of being focused on what other people are going to think. I was just really hyper-focused on what others would see and then what they would think about me. But lately, I've noticed I've just, I've just been laughing like a deep laugh and just loving it, not holding back. Like my heart is really being filled with so much more happiness in just not caring what other people are thinking, but just me showing up authentically and expressing myself. It feels like joy, just not holding back me. So what's this week's takeaway? What is the Lord calling you to do? What is he nudging you to try to start or to stop doing? What is he kind of nudging you to create? And you're too focused on the distractions of your false identity, insecurities that are bubbling up, and you can't hear him, let alone answer him. Or maybe you're hearing him and you're feeling those little nudges and those little whispers, but you're running to anyone else but him to see what you should do about pursuing it. And that looks a lot like advice gathering or Google searching or ruminating or even opinion polling. If you take a look at Samuel chapter 3, the boy Samuel is living with the priest Eli. And did you know that Samuel's name means heard of God? Just fun trivia. (laughs) Anyways, the chapter begins by telling us that this was during a time in which the word of the Lord was precious, meaning that there was not a lot of God's words being given at this time. There wasn't a prophet to receive them. So Samuel was somewhat unfamiliar with the way in which God communicates. He's also young. And one night as he was laying down to sleep, Samuel heard someone call him and Samuel said, here am I. 
Samuel then would run to Eli, thinking it was the elderly priest who was calling his name. But Eli admitted it wasn't him. It wasn't until the third time that Eli perceived that maybe it was the Lord calling Samuel, which props to Eli because my brain does not work very good in the middle of the night. So Eli, he then counsels Samuel that this time, if the Lord calls you again, instead of running to Eli, Samuel should just say, speak Lord for thy servant heareth. Well, the fourth time the Lord came and he stood before Samuel, which, you know, that is really helpful. (laughs) That just clears things up really well. But Samuel answered him saying, speak for thy servant heareth. And here you have the moment in which the Lord has a young man that he can finally reveal things to. So what great things is the Lord trying to reveal to you? I know there's something. Maybe he keeps calling your name and you keep running to get answers from someone else. Or maybe he's calling your name and because of those insecurities that are swirling in your head right now, like mine were about my Bell's palsy, maybe you just can't even hear him. And it reminds me of the Nephites really in third Nephi after all of the destruction and they're assessing everything and three times the Lord tries to speak to them. And it's three times that they couldn't understand. They had to get really still. And in their hearts, essentially, they had to say, here I am. I hear you. So here I am is what I have practiced saying each time that my false self offers up the thoughts of inferiority that it likes to uh, push my way. And I just say in my mind, here I am. Imagining myself with arms outstretched and facing the sunlight. And then practicing my own personal here I am. It really has brought healing, both internally and externally. And I really even think that there has been a softening to my face. It isn't as tight and distorted as it used to be even a year ago. And my heart has been filled with joy every time that I just laugh with abandonment not caring what other people think. And I've noticed as I do so, I think they're feeling happier too. It's allowed to have this light enter. And it's also allowed the Lord to address me better. I've been able to say to him, Lord, speak for thy servant heareth. So that's what I encourage you to do this week. What is your insecurity that is holding you back? That tricky one that the false self knows that if it offers it up to you, it knows you'll fold. What is it? Identify it, write it down. See how it's not truth. It's not based in complete truth and it does not have any power to take away any percentage points of worth. So then practice, here I am. Each and every time that your false self tries to tell you that that's true and tries to squash you. This week, after you've had a few days to practice, I want you to hop on over to Carrie Hickenlooper Coaching on Instagram and let me know about your experience. I want you to expect for divinity to begin to get through to you. Just expect that. Your true identity wants to have these layers taken off of it, and you're going to feel it grow. 
And don't be surprised anymore when you start to feel spiritual nudgings or whisperings about a purpose that he has for you. I just want you to get really still and say, here I am. Speak, Lord. Thy servant heareth. If you know a daughter of God who is struggling with insecure thoughts that are bringing her down and preventing her from showing up as the light she truly is, I invite you to share this episode with her. You and I both know that she is 100% of worth, that she belongs in the sunshine, not the shadows. So let's teach her to say, here I am, with the confidence that her divinity desires to fill her with, so that she can be prepared to hear more clearly what her purpose is. Also, a rating and a review of this podcast would make my day. (laughs) Thank you ahead of time.